Welcome to Rounding Down, the only outlaw tough guy bad boy podcast that dares to ask what is good and what is bad. I'm Chid, the outlaw tough guy bad boy in question, but don't you dare question me. This podcast is a pretty simple format. We'll talk about one thing that people think is bad and explain why it's good. And then we'll also talk about one thing that people think is good and explain why it's bad. There's a guest, there's a game, there's a rotating segment. Should be a good time for me, for my guest. It might not be as fun. I am a real Diane Sawyer type when it comes to hard-hitting questions. We don't have a lot of time today, so let's just get right into it. NFL season is upon us. We won't always or even frequently talk about sports, but today, let's celebrate a great league that has never done anything wrong. We're going to talk about why one of the best players of all time is actually bad as hell. Let's round down. Lawrence Taylor, everybody's heard that name, allegedly one of the 100 greatest players of all time. 1986 MVP, one of the first defensive players to win it in a long time at that point. He went to 10 Pro Bowls, he had 132 and a half sacks, that was a record he had for over a decade. Blah, 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 one of the most feared defensive players of all time, two-time Super Bowl champion. Once played through a torn pectoral muscle, recording seven tackles, three sacks, and two forced fumbles. But was he good? Was he good? That's the question. First of all, I'm not calling anybody Lawrence. You're either Lore or you're Lair or you're Law or you're maybe Rency Rency Ruru, but I'm not calling you Lawrence. That's the first thing. He was coached by Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick, two of the greatest NFL coaches of all time. Bill Belichick, for reference, turned Danny Woodhead into a star. You want to prove you're a good player, LT? Play for a bad coach. Second, and this is important, who did he play against? You name one player LT beat in a game without using the internet, and I'll be impressed. I don't think you can. Maybe you're saying Joe Theismann, but honestly, the only reason anyone even knows who Joe Theismann is is because his brittle leg snapped into a million pieces. And that proves that he wasn't any good at football, right? So if Lawrence Taylor destroyed a bad player's leg, does that make Lawrence Taylor a good player? No. It's sort of like in college basketball when a team from a really good conference plays a team from an inferior conference. I don't follow college basketball at all. So let's just say a team from a good conference like the big school conference plays a team from a bad conference like the schools that are Vassar conference, then it's like that. It's just like that. It's like you beat a schools that are Vassar conference school, and that means nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you get to the tournament. It certainly doesn't mean you're the national champion, and it certainly doesn't mean you're one of the greatest football players of all time. Harp on this point a little further. I can name a bunch of people playing in the NFL right now. Probably 500 of them. I bet I can name 500 current NFL players. Should I just name 500 NFL players right now? What do you think? Do you think I should just... Do I have the, do I have the guts to do that? I think I do. Let's just go. Let's start from the beginning. We got uh, Josh Allen. We got Devin Singletary. We got Lance Kendricks. We got Kenny Stills. We got Jadavian Clowney. We have Laramie Tunsil. We have... Richie Incognito is back in the league again. He counts. We have Antonio Brown. We have Mike Jacobs. We have Le'Veon Bell. I'm putting myself to sleep. I don't need to name 500 NFL players. But that's my point. I can name NFL players now because they matter now. And the league is good now. 
But back in the 1980s and early 1990s, it was a bad league, and no one cared about anything. There were no good players. So, of course, Lawrence Taylor looked good in comparison to an inferior league. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are probably thinking that I'm applying modern standards to Lawrence Taylor and trying to get him canceled. And I can assure you, I'm not. I'm of the belief that societal norms are always changing, and if we start canceling people for things they did way back then, then who will be left? The slope has never been more slippery, baby. So yeah, this isn't because Lawrence Taylor solicited an underage prostitute way back in 2011, practically eight lifetimes ago. 2011? What year is it right now? It's almost 2020. Barbara Walters. 2011 was like a decade ago. A decade is like a century. A century is like a millennia. So my point is, people were doing all sorts of crazy shit in 2011. Bin Laden was alive. Obama was president. Just the world was a different place. And what I'm saying is, who are we to judge what Lawrence Taylor did way the hell back in 2011? So I assure you, that's not factoring into how I feel about Lawrence Taylor. But I will say this. He won two Super Bowls. One of the Super Bowls he won was against the Buffalo Bills. We don't even need to discuss how invalid that is as a Super Bowl victory. The other one was against the Denver Broncos. And in that one, Lawrence Taylor, in the I believe the first quarter, famously drew an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for throwing a penalty flag. He picked up a penalty flag and chucked it. And you know what? To me, that negates that Super Bowl victory as well. Because if you can't play with sportsmanship, are you even really playing? So that means Lawrence Taylor won zero Super Bowls. That's super impressive. Oh, wow. I'm really impressed, Lawrence Taylor. You know who else won zero Super Bowls? Scrubs like me and you, dear listener. And that says it all. If I'm as good as Lawrence Taylor, if you're as good as Lawrence Taylor, did Lawrence Taylor even really play football? Think about that. Chew that over. LT had two chances to win a real Super Bowl in 2008 and the aforementioned 2011. And I'm not trying to cancel him again, but I have to bring up his indiscretions in 2011. 2008, the Giants were facing off against the then-undefeated New England Patriots, and the Patriots were a runaway juggernaut. Listen, Lawrence Taylor could have played for a terrible coach that year. He could have played for Tom Coughlin, a fucking awful coach. And he could have won against players you've actually heard of. Tom Brady, Randy Moss, Junior Seau, legends of the game. But no, Lawrence Taylor was too preoccupied in 2008 to lace him up one more time for true glory. And then in 2011, similar situation, could have played against Tom Brady, Wes Welker, other people you've heard of again. But he was too busy soliciting prostitutes to win when it really mattered. Lawrence Taylor's bad. He's just wildly overrated. I think it's a real crime that people celebrate him as one of the greats that ever played the game. When you sit down to watch NFL football this weekend, I hope you keep this in mind. Lawrence Taylor never played a game of consequence. He basically didn't ever win a Super Bowl. None of his accomplishments mean anything because he played against nobody who matters. It's just the same as if I go out and lace him up and play against a bunch of peewee football players. Of course, I'm going to score 700 touchdowns. Of course, I'm going to give a bunch of little kids concussions. Does that make me a hero? Well, does it make Lawrence Taylor a hero? Today's guest is one of my oldest friends, somebody who I love deeply. It's my friend Kara. You know her from the internet. You know her from being an Instagram influencer and general fashion person. A few questions for you. We're talking about Britney Spears today. Awesome, my favorite topic. Someone who you believe is good. I love her. I think she's the best. 
So I have some questions about Britney Spears, and I, I want to get around to that. But first, I want to ask you something important. On the internet, you're known as the Bostonista, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is a cute portmanteau of the city where we first met and an acknowledgement of your Uncle Dan, who you are a niece to. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what it is. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay, just making sure. I always wondered, and I didn't know for, for certain. What's it, what's it like to be an influencer, Kara? Um, I don't like that term. I don't think I am an influencer. But it's fun. I just kind of walk around and take pictures of stuff. And people give me things. It's great. Good time. You influence me to be an Instagram model. Aww. Thanks. <laughs> Pants. In or out? Pants? You heard me. you... <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with in. I've been wearing pants all summer. I don't own a single pair of shorts. Really? Yeah. I'm mostly because they don't fit anymore. So, and then I didn't want to buy new ones. So I've just been wearing pants. You think that's a sign of middle age encroaching or? I, oh, it's definitely middle age encroaching. <laughs> so. Old lady likes now. <laughs> Do you ever wonder, so this is a Britney Spears question, and, and that's primarily what we're here to talk about. Do you ever wonder what the nicest hotel room Britney Spears ever stayed in was like? Do you think it had one of those soaking tubs that overlooks the city or the ocean or something spectacular? I don't have to wonder because there is a documentary called Stages about Britney in Mexico City. And I've seen the hotel room and it was nice. It was in Mexico City specifically? Well, that specific documentary was in Mexico City. You could also watch uh, Brittany and Kevin Chaotic and see her, like, sweet townhouse-type hotel room in London. It's very nice. When you say Kevin, you're referring to Federline? Oh, I'm referring to Federline. (laughs) There's no other Kevin. Have you ever read the novel Dune? Have I ever read the novel Dune? Yeah. D-U-N-E? I have not. It's the same thing as Tremors. You know the movie Tremors? No. It's fine. It's, uh, Who's the most famous person you've ever touched? And this isn't got you journalism. I'm not trying to get you canceled. Um, Giselle. Or, well, okay. I think Giselle but uh, I guess the answer would be Tom Brady. <laughs> when Britney Spears said, and I quote, <laughs> a guy like you should wear a warning, do you think she was talking about our current commander-in-chief? <laughs> Don't you know that you're toxic, Britney said. Not to get too political, but do you think that when she wrote that song, she could see the future? Do you think that when Britney wrote toxic, she could see the future? Yes. I mean, I think she was probably talking about a man like Trump. I could, I could support that theory if I thought she had written that song. <laughs> you don't think she writes her own songs? Um, Britney Spears? No, no, Britney Spears does not write her own songs. She doesn't need to. She's good for that nonsense. There are some people who write their own songs, and there are other people who are too good to write their own songs. There are other people who are just above 
writing their own songs. I always say that creating things is for dipshits. <laughs> what you really want to do is you want to recycle something that already exists and put it in a new package. A hundred percent. I think that is some good marketing talent coming out of you. So speaking of toxic, how concerned are you about global warming combined with our insistence as a human race of destroying the earth or at least rendering it uninhabitable within your lifetime? I'm very concerned about that. I think it's happening. I I believe it. I believe in it. It's definitely (laughs) happening. Um, It makes me not want to have kids, to be honest. But it also does not concern me enough not do things that I know are harmful. <laughs> is this where we have an intervention to talk about your crystal meth addiction? No, I just say like I leave the TV on all night, you know, or I like, you know, I like my house to be the temperature that I'm comfortable at at any given time. Not like leaving it at 68 in the winter. I mean... 68 in the winter at nighttime is incredibly warm. Side note, Jimmy Carter is rolling in his not grave. I'm I'm just saying. Do you think that people have always thought the earth was going to end within their lifetimes? Is that a... I somehow... I think it... I, yeah, that is for sure. I mean, like, look at, like, the Mayans. Yes. They believed it. I think it's, like, a natural human fear. So when you say the Mayans, you're going back, like... A thousand years. Well, yeah. But, I mean, all humans. The Earth's only 2,000 years old, so you're not going back further than that. Sure. Like, World War Two, I'm sure people thought the world was ending, and it frankly was for all millions of people. I think during right. World War One, people probably thought the world was ending. There's been lots of times in human history where we've had reason to suspect that things were ending. That I think is accurate, yeah. I believe that. Kara, in your opinion, what makes a hotel room really special? What makes a hotel room really special? Yes. Probably the bathroom. I like a nice bathroom. What specifically are you looking for in a bathroom? I want a really big shower with a rainfall shower head. I want a separate tub that you can soak in. Probably two sinks, if I'm being honest, and maybe a toilet room where you can close the door. Yeah, that's a nice touch. I mean, it's a little claustrophobic, but I feel like it's a nice place. (laughs) Let's play a game. This game is called, Is That a Sound? It's a pretty simple game to play. What's gonna happen is I'm going to make a sound or not make a sound and you're going to tell me whether or not it is a sound. All right. Are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. Okay. Okay. Zoop, zoop, zoop. Is that a sound? You're correct. You're correct.
Is that a sound? I guess that would be a sound. Is that a sound? That is a sound. Is that a sound? That was not a sound. Kara. Yeah. You have won. Is that a sound? No way! You're our first winner. Gosh, how do I win? It's my love and respect. I already had that, but all right. <laughs> yeah, I did it. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to plug? No. This, this really wasn't about Britney Spears at all. Do you have anything else to say about Britney Spears? I would like to mention her Instagram, which I feel like maybe they shouldn't let her have the password to. <laughs> That's that's really all I have to say about that. Is it at Britney Spears? It's at Britney Spears. Um, the profile picture is from the cover of her very first album, Baby One More Time. I know it well. And the picture, not really the album. Um, it's a great little pop album that you should listen to. What are your top five Britney Spears tracks? My t- oh, I can't do a top five Britney Spears track. Can you do a top three Britney Spears tracks? Here's the thing. My top three Britney Spears songs are not Britney Spears singles. And I feel like only hardcore Britney Spears fans know my top three Britney Spears songs. I anticipate that only hardcore Britney Spears fans will listen to this specific podcast. Alright, I'm going to give you my top three. Please. My number one is Criminal. I know that one. That's that's the one that goes, Annie, are you okay? Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? That one, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> number two? Number two is Inside Out. That's the spoon song. Um, you want to know what's funny about Inside Out? Speaking of Britney Spears not writing her own song. It's that Inside Out was originally written and recorded for a soundtrack for a Bratz Dolls movie. Oh, Bratz. I know that movie. It came out the summer of 2007. Sure. Well, Britney Spears saw it and really loved one of the songs from that movie and recorded it and put it on her album. Which album? Um, it is from Femme Fatale, yeah. Yeah, is that the 2010? Yeah, 2011. Oh, wait. In, is Inside Out the one that I'm thinking of? Inside Out may not be the song that I'm This is a good premise. I like all of this. No, but there, there really is a Britney Spears song that is from the Bratz movie that... I don't know. What's your third favorite Britney Spears song? I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I love them all equally. 
pretty much. Um, there's a song called Mannequin off of Blackout that I'm a big fan of. And <laughs> um, there's also a song called Passenger off of Britney Jean that I'm a big fan of. Uh, although within the Britney fan community, there's a lot of thought that perhaps her background singer, Maya, Maya Marie, is actually the person who sang most of Britney Jean. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Kara. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> You're never going to use any of this, are you? No, it's all going in. So that's it. That's we didn't do a hell of a lot of rounding down here today. I guess this podcast has a flawed premise. I'm a big dipshit. No one should like me. And I should go to bed. Kara should go to bed. She's a Britney Spears super fan who can't name three Britney Spears songs. It's a about what I expected for the first episode here. Forgot to ask her what she thinks about Lawrence Taylor. Honestly, I'd be interested to know. But I guess she'll have to come back sometime and tell me what she thinks about that fucking fraud. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you want to be a guest of Rounding Down, you can feel free to at me, at Chidspin on Twitter. Fuck you, see you later. Rounding Down is produced by Chid. Music by Corey Major. Artwork by Cy Fieri.